Hey guys, we're at Origins. We're in a hotel room in Columbus, Ohio. N- mere, mere feet from the convention center. Well, we're not really at Origins because Origins ended. Origins hours ended, ago. yeah, a couple hours. Well, several hours ago, but we're still we're still here. We are. We're still here. Yeah. So, hello from Columbus, Ohio. Although hello. when you listen to this, we won't be in Columbus anymore. Yes. Hello from our past selves. Anyway, so today we're going to be talking about uh, origins and the things that we saw, the things that we did, the things that we ate, things that we're looking forward to seeing. And uh, if you stick around all the way until the end, or if you just can't wait and if you just can't wait to be king and want to know now, we're going to talk about the origins awards towards the end of the episode. So stick around. Okay, so I, I want to start us off by talking about some of the games that we checked out, some of the new releases, some of the not-so-new releases, some of the upcoming future releases. Uh, I think, John, do you, I think you, want, you want to start us off with this one? Since this is more, you're more familiar with it? Quest for the Antidote? Right. From Upper Deck Entertainment? Yes. So if you follow me or eat chit and dice on social media, you know that I spent most of my week at Origins at the Upper Deck Entertainment booth here at Origins at Game Fair. And the big release from Upper Deck here at Origins was Quest for the Antidote, which is a uh, roll and move, take that mechanic board game, which when I know I get it, when I say roll and move, A lot of people are like, nope, I'm out. But hang with me. Because honestly, it's not the roll and move mechanic that really makes this game shine. It's the player interaction. Yeah, so the game is at its its core. It is a, I I guess it's set collection and roll and move. um, With a little bit of take that and sort of pick up and deliver. It's not really set collection because you're not really trying to collect any cards. Yeah, Yeah, I guess you're right. Um, but for me, the, the, the main thing it's that like I really... kind of like Candyland for adults. Yes, it's Candyland for adults. Mm-hmm. Um, the really unique mechanic... Did you just leave a glass of milk here? The, the, sorry, everybody. I need to explain something about... You know, if this episode sounds a little bit different, we're in a hotel room, not our normal recording studio. Which is Jared's kitchen. So... What's really unusual is there's a glass of milk here. Um, and empty. It's not totally empty. Look. It's completely empty. I'm not saying glass half, half full. Wow. Let me try that again. I'm not saying the glass is half full or half empty. I'm just saying there's some milk in there. Anyway, so normally we record at my house in my kitchen studio. And you would expect like maybe a glass of milk or something. But, you know, this is our professional... <sighs> anyway, so the main mechanic of the game... Any action that you do requires breath. You you take an action. You have to breathe. Um, you're you're close to death because you've been poisoned. Yeah. Okay. So every die roll. There's a whole a there's a whole story with the game. So the king of the land, who is King Mithridates, the poison king, 
which is apparently an actual king from Greek mytho- from like Greek antiquity. Um, I am not familiar with King Mithridates, but when I was listening to Tom Deschanel, I believe is how you say mm, his name. He told me because I interviewed him. Um, but so he, the king is obsessed with not ever being poisoned. Yes, because at a young age, he saw his father die from being poisoned. He, and he vowed not to let that happen to him. So he began experimenting on himself and others with poison to build up like a resistance and, and to learn for, about poison. Yeah, and, find, and look for the ultimate antidote and such. Yes, yes. And it, it's driven him mad. He's quite It's, it's he's poisoned quite his mad. mind. So he, he just revels in the pain and suffering of his subjects. And you are one of those subjects and you've been in the dungeon and you've been poisoned. Well, so wait, I thought he got, he got cast out of his homeland and he was on some Island with like natives and I don't know. There's a comic book in the rule book. Well, there is, there's a comic in the rule book that will tell you exactly how you got yeah, in the Just in case we screw it up. But anyway, um, basically you and the other players have escaped and the King is out to get you you have to fight monsters. Um, but since you have this poison coursing through your veins, you are... Every ooh, action hurts you. Yeah, because you're little, little, literally... Little, literally. Lamination are, machine. Yes. I had trouble saying that a few weeks ago. Yes, so you are literally dying. So every time you have to roll the movement die to move, you, that's a breath. Or the combat die. Yeah, so, and every time you come across a monster, the monsters have levels, and you roll a d10, and you have to keep rolling that d10 until you roll that monster's level or better. Yeah, you have to meet or exceed its level. And so every time you roll that D10, you lose a breath. Now, there are some mechanics in place to get breath back. If you beat a level eight monster, I believe is what it is. You get yeah. five breath. Level eight gives you five breath. And then um, you there's just, some other just don't cards. Die. You can trade in so that you get meddling cards. That's where the munchkin, like a lot of the player interaction comes in. And you can you can trade those meddling cards in for five breaths, but that's no fun because no. I would much rather use those meddling cards to do like really mean things. Like there's one card that's super mean called Musical Chairs, where you can literally make two players completely switch places. Yeah, we saw that. We saw that happen. When a player was like, we saw that happen when a player was like literally getting ready to win the game and they had to trade places with somebody that was like losing. Yeah. Well, he so, was, it's not that he was losing. He, he just, just wasn't, wasn't winning. winning. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, you don't really like lose this game. You just don't, don't win. win. So yeah. Um, you can also duel other players. So if you land on a space with another player, you can decide to duel them. Um, and if you win the duel, you can steal one of their items or one of their ingredients if they have an ingredient that you need. So that's really, really fun. And they can decide to give chase and try to take their item back if they want, which I saw a really fun group of people, probably the most fun demo I've ever seen done in like the years that I have been demoing games for various companies. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about that. What what exactly happened? I mean, I know what happened, but what what happened, John? Do you tell me about that story? <laughs> so, there there were these two the, the two groups like there was a elderly couple. They were probably in like I'm guessing like mid to late 70s. Well, now, hold on. 
You shouldn't assume. This is 2017. Shut up. <laughs> so they were in their mid to late 70s, probably. And uh, then there are these two guys, um, also probably late 70s, early 80s. And these two groups did not know each other when they sat down. But within like two turns, they were like totally like goading each other. And this one guy was like calling the other guy Gramps and making sound effects and sticking his tongue out. I mean, they were attracting people like bystanders from all over that were just watching them play the game because they were just having so much fun. And like, they, they just, they just didn't care. They just wanted to have fun. And, um, they really were a good reminder of what gaming's all about, you know, just have fun and, you know, do what you got to do. So it got down to the point where the, the, one of the guys on one side of the table and the, and the lady on the other side of the table, both were, to a point where they were, they could almost win and they dueled and the guy stole an ingredient from the lady. She gives chase and steals it back and they just keep doing this. They keep like dueling and stealing this ingredient back and forth the whole while the lady's husband is just over there letting this happen, being completely ignored, gets his final ingredient and is just coming around the board like just rolling like ones and twos. Like nobody's paying any attention to him whatsoever. And then he gets to a point where he literally only has to roll a six on the D six in order to win the game. It was, it got so quiet. Like you could have heard a pin drop in the booth at that point. He rolls the die and it actually rolls a six. And it was like, it was like being in a sports arena when some random sports team that everybody loves just won because suddenly like everybody was like, yeah, I mean, it was just really like electric. It was so much fun. So, so the quest for the antidote was from upper deck. It was released early, early release here at origins. Yeah. It'll hit retail in, in a July, couple weeks, like, mid like July. Three weeks. Three weeks from now, yeah. So ask your local game store or buy it at Gen Con. Boy, you sound real excited about I'm, it. <laughs> well, so the, the first time I played it, I, I was like, oh my gosh. The beginning of the game, I was not excited about it at all. I was like, this is a roll and move game. I hate roll and move games because you just roll the dice and see what happens. But the board actually, is it's kind of, it has multiple branching paths. It's kind of spider webby. So... It's not really just, all right, roll the dice, see what happens. You, I mean, there's choices you have to make. You have to decide which uh, of the ingredients you're going to go after first and which order you're going to go after them. And, um, you know, it's not just roll and move. So I gave it a chance. I had a lot of fun. I don't know that I would say, you know, it's it's my favorite game of the show or anything. But it's it's actually really cool. The art style is really interesting. It's It's very... It's kind of sketchbooky with paint over it. It's hard to describe, but it's pretty though. Yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. Pretty. It's eye catching. I think it fits the theme of the game very well, and uh, the monsters have some pretty, pretty crazy flavor text on oh their my cards. God. So we discovered that. If you read the text on the monster cards, like the narrator from the old, like Batman 66 show, it's 
just hilarious. Yeah, it's it's really it's really funny. Oh my god, definitely. So so check out Quest for the Antidote. It's totally um, it's a great game if you're gonna sit around and just want a, an easy game to just sit back and play while you're maybe drinking or a great. Fa- it's a great family. Yeah, game. I saw a lot of families walking oh, away man. with it. Fantastic family game. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, I was really, really excited. There's another game here, Overlords of Infamy. What drew me in was the Obscure Reference Games booth had a guy standing outside with a stuffed corgi. Now, the corgi had a red superhero cape on him, but evil glowing red eyes. His name was Waffles. And I love it. His name is Waffles. He is a supervillain. <laughs> So the game is Overlords of Infamy. It's a worker placement kind of map exploration, ex- exploitation game. You are an evil overlord, and your goal is to make the subject's lives just a little bit more annoying. So you might have cards uh, that are for your quests, and you have to collect resource meeples, and the cards have titles like the floor is made of lava or all left socks become slightly damp. Oh God. Damp socks are the They're worst. The worst. Um, but I think my favorite one that I've seen so far, and I haven't looked through all of them cause that'll ruin the fun, but that one pop song on repeat 24 seven, you know, the one it's fine. Don't, we don't have to, we won't tell you, you know, which one we're talking about. Oh, it's that one that says baby a lot. Oh, <laughs> Now I've got like a bunch of different random yeah. pop songs. Yeah, isn't that like isn't all... that terrible? Yes. Uh, but the the flavor text on all those cards is really really funny. The art's really amazing. The character design is really cool. The, the other character that I like other than Waffles is Tyranno de Bergiac. It's a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> He's pretty pretty cool. We'll put a. We'll, I want to so put said a. So you said it's a it's a worker placement. Yeah, it has worker placement. There's some tile laying. It's what I was. What I was using before, if you had been like, oh, I've never played a worker placement game before, I would say, oh, here, sit down, play play Lords of Waterdeep. But from now on, honestly, it's going to be this. This is yeah. going to be my go-to worker placement game for teaching people worker placement games. The art is really cute uh, and scary also because he's, <laughs> you know, Waffles is really, you know, mildly evil. So if you want to see a picture of Waffles, we actually did post a picture of Waffles on our Instagram this week. Now, I don't know that the plush is available. Maybe if we start like a, like a tweeter campaign and we really, really push Maybe they'll waffles, waffles. Maybe waffles. they'll they'll run a, a crowdsource campaign for it or something. Put that on Kickstarter. Oh my god, I'd, waffles! I'd, I'd buy, so cute. I'd buy waffles a waffles. Waffles is super plush. cute. I, I'd buy a waffles. He, no, he's he's evil. But he's, he's also so super, cute. Yeah, he is really. He's really cute. God, he's cute. Well, of course he's evil. He gives you damp socks. Yes. Yes. Well, no, just one damp sock. One of the really cool things that I like about the game, though, is every resource that you collect from the map increases the like the there's a hero that's trying to, you know, thwart your evil doing. So every action that you take that exploits the land and gets a resource, it it attracts his attention a little bit more and there's some threshold values. So once you go over them, the next player in turn order will have the opportunity to roll the hero's movement die and move the hero. And guess what? He's probably coming for you because you've done some stuff. 
You know, you're you're do, you're doing evil. You're making things wet and lava and <laughs> you're making things wet. I love it. Um, but but there's an expansion that adds quests for the hero. So when the hero moves into your area, he'll steal resources from your land tiles, destroy your land tiles, kill your workers. It, but it's a worker placement style, so you can get more workers into your pool relatively easily. So it's not a big deal if your dudes get killed or your land gets destroyed. You can always spend some actions on your next turn to, to redo it. But the hero quests... When he's he's out there, he's beating up your dudes. He's getting the treasure from you know killing the evil guys because you know in every D and D game you're gonna loot the corpse. So of course the hero is gonna loot the corpse. Of course you're gonna loot the corpse. Well, if he gets certain resources and he completes his quest, he will win the game. So it's possible. It's very well possible for you to play this game and for every single person to lose. They say it's on the boat right now. It should be coming out sometime soon. Uh, I didn't really speak to them about retail distribution. I assume it'll be available through your store or through their website. So check it out. I really enjoyed it. I pre-ordered it there. Obscure Reference Games. Yes, and I'll put a I'll put a link to the to the old Kickstarter campaign that they ran, so you can look at all the art and stuff, and you can see what it is. And I'm sure they'll have a link on there to actually get a copy of it. Hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Yes. Otherwise, you know, just check your local game store or online game store and get a copy of it because it's a really cool game. Well, speaking of other games that are coming out soon, um, you uh, ha- haven't stopped talking about Paramedics Clear. That's true. I haven't. <laughs> Since we first talked about it on the podcast uh, several episodes ago. Yeah. I've been really excited about it. I so love the theme. You got, you finally got to look at it. This yes. Week. Yes. Yes. So Smirk and Dagger was here. Uh, Kurt was nice enough to, I mean, I guess he's, he would just give a demo to anybody that asked, but he was nice enough to show me his current prototype. It's, it's pretty well near complete. Uh, he's hoping to have it released at Gen Con. There's an app out right now. That is the the timer app, which is the main mechanism for the game. It's a real-time game. It's not a simulation of being a paramedic. It's just kind of... If you've ever played a Smirk and Dagger game before, they're kind of halfway co-op and halfway backstabby. Um, I'm not going to give away the secret of how this one is backstabby. But it does have that. You can check out the interview that we did with him. I'll be posting that on our YouTube channel here within the next couple of weeks, hopefully sooner. But basically, you know, you've got some cards in your hand. You play the cards to claim, I guess, I guess to claim resources to stabilize your patients. So you can turn in cards to get bandages and medicine and stuff like that to keep them at least hanging in there until you can deal with it. Uh, now, but we have to stress this is a real time. It's a real time game. game. It's going to be very. A lot and of shouting. Not only, not only is Johnny's going to hate okay. it. So, not only is this a real time game. Um, now, you could play the game with any old stupid boring timer. Yeah. But if you use the app, it's going to have like it's got an EKG. It's got it's got like noises. noises in the background, like the siren going on and like the beeping of. It's just like to make it more stressful monitor. for you. Oh my god, this game is going to stress me out. Oh and yeah, yeah. 
I am going to have to try really hard not to just pick the game up and dump it while we're Do playing. Do not. I'm not. I'm going to make sure I don't pull up <laughs> Galaxy Trucker. Yeah, because when we played Galaxy Trucker, you were just like, nah, we're done playing this and just <laughs> dumped it back in the box. I did. And it was actually at Origins the first time we came yeah. to Origins you together. You unanimously decided that we were all done playing that game. <laughs> I did. I did. And we weren't even to the game part of the game. No. We were just to we the pick apart. We were just the part. I couldn't, I couldn't, couldn't do it. it. I couldn't, couldn't handle it. it. It was it was stressing me out. And I just picked my thing up and I just dumped it all. And yep. you were like, uh, Johnny, what are you doing? And I'm like, we're done. <laughs> like, let's go get a different game. Yep. You know, we... <sighs> We we really do need to play that again. It's a really good game. I so, really like it. So I since then I have played the app. Yeah. The app is a little bit different from the board game. Right, right. It has the same feel, but obviously mechanically you can't replicate some of the things. Right. But I feel like if I play the app a little bit more, maybe I will get a better feel for how to build the ship. And I'll be better prepared, and maybe I won't get flip the table mad when I try to bring it. Because I haven't, I, that was like three, that was back in 2014 when that happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have not tried to get it to the table again since, but let's face it, I do really like space games, and I would yes. like to give it another chance. Well, and, and I don't know, maybe I just didn't explain it to you very well. I feel like I told you this. It doesn't matter what you do in the shipbuilding phase your ship is going to blow up. Parts of it are going to fall off. You're going to have asteroids that hit it and like, oh, well, there goes half <laughs> of my, well, oh boy. Because that's just the nature of the game. Right, right. I think yeah, you and, thought and it was going to be more serious or I don't something. Know. I don't the, know. The moral of the story is... Um, the moral of the story is John don't D. play real-time games with John D. Right. <laughs> Although we did play Escape, and you did seem to like that I one. did better. I did uh, better. Escape the Curse of the Temple from yeah. Queen Games. And I did good. We even played two games. Yes, yes. In a row. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. But the moral of the story is John D. gets anxiety and rage quits. Yes, yes. That that is true. <laughs> we also this weekend had uh, a chance. Huh? Yeah, I was huh? gonna say other games coming out soon. Yes, yes. Yeah. Speaking of another game coming out soon, we had a chance this weekend to play the new upcoming Codenames duet. It's co-op. It's really weird. It is really weird, but it's good. Yes, it's very it's good. It's good. Weird. It's very good. So the way that this one differs from regular. Boring old code names. Boring old code it's, names. No, code names is great. Code names is great. It's not boring at all. I really like. Code I really names. like code names. Uh, but the way that it differs is so this one's obviously it's co-op, as I've said. But how can it be co-op? You're saying. Well, I mean, I don't know what you're saying, but let me let me tell you anyway. Even if you didn't ask. So in regular code names, you know, you have one side of the table that can see the the little grid card. And you have both the code masters, you know, oh, I can see mine, my blue ones and your red ones. Well, in Duet, it's all green. It's all green, but the cards are double-sided so that I see a pattern and John D would see a pattern. I've got three assassins on mine. She has three assassins on hers. Only one of those is a shared assassin. The other ones are, one of them is a bystander um, for her and the other one would be a, a correct guess for her. So that makes it really interesting where if I give a clue... On her side, it might look like she's guessing an assassin. 
It's but, real confusing. But it doesn't when you matter. First start playing. It only matters like okay, it's it would be an assassin word for me, but not for her. Um, that might not make sense, but if you when pick you it up, it, you'll yeah. you'll get it. Like the when you first start playing, it's it's kind of confusing because you're just like, wait, I don't. I feel like this is the word he wants me to guess, yeah. but it's an assassin. But if, when you are guessing, your card doesn't matter. Yeah. The card only matters when you're giving the clues. And we I think that like, was the hard part of, I mean, I don't know. I understood whenever it was explained to me, but I was still like, man, I got to watch out for this assassin. Oh, wait, no, I don't. No, That's don't, only don't, if don't. I'm, uh. yeah, so yeah. The, the first couple of times you're, you know, like the first couple of rounds, you might be like, oh, yeah, that's I don't have to worry about that because I'm guessing uh, it has a natural built in timer because you only get so many clues that you can give. There's there's tokens and you either get correct guesses or they are the bystander sheets. So it's really cool. Uh, and it has a bunch of new words for code names. And guess what? They are the same size, same shape, same cards as regular code names, although they do have a little mark to indicate they're from Duet, so you can mix them in. You can play regular code names and have a bunch of new words. You can play Duet with all of the words that you've already bought from your other code names. It's going to be great. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to stand in line on day one and buy it. Absolutely doing that. Yeah, you were going to even before you played it. Yes, I was. I was also going to stand in line to buy the Marvel and Disney versions of Codenames. Which we now know are going to be the picture size. Yes, yes. So you will not be able to mix those in. But you'll be able to mix them in probably with your pictures. Yeah, I don't see why you couldn't mix them with pictures unless they do something really weird. Right. But I guess we'll find out. Um, We could probably... There's probably teaser images. USAopoly may have... Posted some teaser in, but I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. But yeah, so Codenames duet. And definitely. actually, kind of in the same vein as Codenames, it's kind of like a cross between Pictionary and Codenames. Oh, I'm gonna let you tell this whole story. So we went to this thing called Nerd Night, and it was kind of it was like a fun, it was a fundraiser that was for the local children's hospital. And we were playing another game, but while we were playing that game with our friend Max, we kept noticing like the whole room just kept starting gathering around this other table. And we're like, what is going on up there? And then we ended up even losing Max. He like went to go take the game we were playing back to the, to the table and he never came back. And we're just like, what is going on up there? And, you know, I probably should have gone up sooner to investigate, but my feet were bothering me and Jared's ankle. I mean, we're old and whatever. We're old and we've been standing and walking all day. What do you expect? So we were just sitting back at our table being like, what is going on up there? So finally, Max comes back to the table and he tells us, he's like, yeah, so they're they're playing this game up there that's kind of like Pictionary, but with words. And he starts to explain it. And Jared just goes, shut up. I need that. And then I ordered it from my phone while we were standing there. Yeah. So we do go up there. And so the game's called Word Slam and it's from Cosmos. And it's. It's a party game. It's definitely a party game, but it's, it's so cool. So it really is like Pictionary with words. So there's two people that are actually playing um, and everybody else that's around them is also playing, but in a different way. Anyway, let me let me explain this. 
So if you're one of the two like actual players, you look at a card, it has a word. Both of you have the same word that you're trying to give clues for. And you have all of these words that you can use to try to build a clue. Um, so the example that's here is if you have eat, yellow, and circle, okay? So eat, yellow, and circle. That could be a lot of things, you know? So you, the people behind you, you start shouting out clues. You start sh shouting out guesses. Be like, uh, uh, pancakes, uh, pineapple ring, and then, oh, oh, he's added another card. Oh, 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 the circle is divided. Oh, okay. So something that you eat is yellow. Banana. Oh, yeah, banana. Um, you win a point. And then you just kind of keep playing that way until, I, I guess there's probably a, a, a stopping generally, point. Generally, I Party games are usually you just, whenever you're you bored. Play, yeah, I was going to say generally, if any, you just play until you're bored. Um, the way they were playing it that night, um, pretty much different people were taking turns, sitting down and giving clues for a while. And um, I actually sat down for a little while and, and did did the giving the clues. And it's it's really hard. Like, you don't get to pick your word. There, You draw a card, and there's like five words yeah. on the card. And then you, no, it's, it's six, right? Because you have to roll a die. I think maybe there's a die, but you, what we were just doing is like somebody that was watching would just pick a number. Uh, oh. And okay. we'd have to do whatever that number was. Okay, cool. So we were like, okay, we have to do, and, and some of them are really hard to describe when, and you've, you, and you have what at the time feels like you have hundreds of yes, nouns and verbs. There's a lot of little cards. Like you have nouns and verbs and adjectives um, all in front of you, and you're looking for the ones that would help you best. Like at one point, I had the, I had Peter Pan, and I was trying to find like the the word boy, but I couldn't <laughs> find it. <laughs> yeah. So I yeah. used. It that worked. Was, it worked. It did eventually get there. Um, I used small man. <laughs> yeah. So there's 105 cards that you have that are pretty much, honestly, you could probably describe, I mean, with a stretch, you could describe a lot of things. You just had to get them in the right order and yeah. the right, I mean, because there's, there's colors there's um, there's genders. noun, verb, adjective, and preposition. Yeah. So the, I mean, I mean, you can use as many cards as you want to to try to explain it. You can take cards off, put them on. But you got to remember, order them. The more stuff you have up there, it it could be more clarifying. But if I have no idea what you're trying to get me to guess, small man, uh, you well, you had small man, green, green fly, yeah. Fictional. <laughs> People knew that it was a pop. That it was a pop culture reference. Mm -hmm. um, I got it though. Yeah, eventually it got there. Yeah. Um, the other one that I actually the the one that was really hard was the word quiz. Oh yeah, how would you get the? Ooh yeah. I actually I got it. I got people to guess it, but it was really really hard because like I guess me and the other guy were putting like school subjects up there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and. Um, I think finally I had them get, I finally had them guessing things like, um, 
SAT and, and like test and stuff. And so then I started trying to use like the word small along with those things oh, to okay. finally get them down to the word um, like pop quiz. Sure, sure. So, but it was really hard. Well, I, 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 bought, I bought the game. Um, so at some point we will, I would love to do a video play of that. Oh, I would yeah. love to. Maybe during one of our live events. Yeah, like, like we're hoping. Yeah, we're, we're hoping we're planning an extra life event in November and follow our social media for more information about that as we make it available to you. Yeah, so hopefully we'll play that and um, you'll be able to watch it on uh, probably our Twitch channel. Yeah, it's really cool. Another thing that I would also love to do in addition to doing live play events is I would love if we had a, an, a, a mini Ubhub. So in case you don't know what Unpub is, um, it's a very, very quickly growing um, organization. I, I believe you would refer to it as an organization. Yes, yes, I would say so. I would say so. Um, it's it's designed to I mean, they help. Have, they have like member chapters around the country, so I would say it's. I, yeah. It's designed to help um, board game designers get their designs out and to players so the players so they can show them to players show them to other designers and also show them to publishers and unpub holds large like convention size events but then they also hold these smaller like events at conventions or like smaller events in like different parts of the country um generally in the past they've had their large events on the east coast but they do have a their next they're working on a midwest large event that's coming up um I don't remember when it was. Well, it's Midwest-ish, I would say, because it's in it's in Michigan. Yeah. Which yeah. you know is in the middle of the country, but it's not as in the middle of the country as like St. Louis. It's in Grand Grand Rapids. Yes, it's in Grand Rapids. So, yes. but but it's it's the Unpub's a really really great thing, and if you ever get a chance to go to an Unpub, do it because you get to play. Some really you cool get to play some weird, goofy games. That so are just starting to get fleshed out. So I didn't get to go to it much at Origins because it was mostly only open till five o'clock. When so it was mostly when the exhibit hall was open, and so I was working. But on Saturday night, it was it was open until like one or two o'clock, which we were not there till that late. But we did go, and we were kind of wandering around looking at all the different games that people were playing and the prototypes and. Both of us keyed into this one that was real cool looking. It was like colorful and the art was real interesting. And it was it was a peacock game. Or as John D. kept saying, turkey. <laughs> no, not that night. For some reason today I was tired and I was explaining it to somebody and kept calling them turkeys. You did call them turkeys a couple times while we were actually No, I too. just, when I did not. It was okay. just. It, oh, right. Right, because the the, the last who person goes first, to yeah. see a peacock, and, and you were like, oh, I, "I saw like, a turkey." Well, I haven't seen a peacock recently, but I did see a turkey on the side of the road, which I did. Yep, different animal. Completely different animal. Different it's animal. a big bird with a big tail. Whatever. Anyway, so <laughs> it was a peacock game, and the idea behind the game was that. Um, the peacock is is trying to strut his feathers to show off to the lady to try to um, attract his prospective mate. So um, the 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 game lets you play cards to um, 
grow feathers, but just like peacocks, like actual peacocks. Well, you're molting? Well, I was... I don't know. We gave feedback on that. The, the card to grow feathers was molt, and that's when birds... Well, I guess they lose feathers lose to grow them. Fe- oh. I don't know. But um, but you do. You get to grow feathers. But then, like, peacocks do actually, like, pull other peacocks' feathers out. And that's part of the game. Like, you get to pull feathers from other peacocks. So that's fun. Um, I thought it was a really cool game. Uh, yeah. The concept was just fantastic. I think I think it has maybe another year of development in it. And then, you know, if that goes in the right direction, there are several board game publishers that I think would be interested in it. Yeah. Especially on how it goes. if the game gets taken in the direction of like a family game, I can see it being a great fit with a lot of different publishers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and the theme, I mean, there's, I can't think of another theme out there like that. And I would love to have a peacock game like that. I mean, it's peacocks. Peacocks are fun. Yeah. And it was called um, peacock block. And I don't, know who I, the developer was i think the the whole point was we weren't supposed to know yeah so when we doing... did it um one of the designers uh and the and the guy that designed this had switched games and were showing each other's games so that um people could feel comfortable tearing the game to shreds if they wanted to without like hurting somebody's feelings now, now yeah, he he said that but for all we know it could have actually been his game and he was saying that to get us to give feedback. I mean, I don't know why he would have lied about that, but I don't know. I don't know. But it, it, yeah, it, it, it's very much, I would say it's like Munchkin instead of being a role-playing game. It's Peacocks though. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. It's, it's very, if you like Munchkin, you would like this game. If you don't like Munchkin, you might still have fun. I mean, the, the guy that we were playing with, is not an was not an aggressive game. No, he he did not like it at all. But he had some ideas. Yes, yes, he did have that would make really it a ideas. fun game yes. for a non-aggressive gamer yes. as well. He just he he just doesn't like aggressive games. He doesn't like a- attacking games. And I mean that's okay if you're not into that. That's okay. But that's what this game was. So I loved it though. Like, I think that there's really something there. Yes, yes. I think that if they refined the design a little bit more, it could definitely go somewhere. Yeah, I'm really glad we played it. But, you know, I really love... I love games that are cute, that have some something different or something cute. So like, something that really draws me in. Uh, it, like, I'm a sucker for meeples. I love fun meeples. So... Fun meeples. Fun meeples. Fun meeples. Like, well, case in point, like that Overlords of Infamy. Yes. It had some really great wooden um, tokens in it. Well, like one of them was a moople. Yep. Yep. Which I'm sure you can figure out what a moople is. Um, It's, it's, uh, hold on, let me see if I can figure it out. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's a horse. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) But so. um, It's a, it's a cow. In case you didn't realize it's a cow. Yeah. So I bought a game from Queen Games this week that um, I bought unplayed. I have not played it, but I'm super excited to play it. And I bought it because it had cute meeples in it. You know what's really interesting about this? Before we, we, we tell them what game it is, uh, I want to keep them in suspense. So five months ago or so, um, towards the end of December, this game just appeared on Amazon. 
It wasn't on their website. It wasn't on BGG. It just appeared out of nowhere. And nobody knew what it was. There was no information about it available anywhere. So I, it, it's just like a ghost. It just came out of out of the ether. As if it was brought in by the tide. Ah ha ha ha. And that brings us around. What is the game, John D? It's called High Tide. <laughs> so See, that's how you that's how you tie a segue together right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so the game's called High Tide by Queen Games, and it is a press your luck style game. And as I mentioned, I love fun meeples and it has beach chair meeples. So as soon as that was shown to me, I was like, shut up. I have to have this game. Um, I really wanted it. So it's got beach chair meeples. It has flip-flop chits. So as a pressure luck game, you're, it, it takes place on the beach. And you want to get your beach chair as close to the water as you can get without actually ending up in the water without the tide actually washing your, your beach chair away. So, you know, it's, you know, each turn you're just, you're pressing your luck. How much closer do you want to get? So I haven't played it yet, so I can't really tell you exactly how the mechanics work, but I'm real excited to try it. And I'm told that there are some, some other um, like modules or whatever in the game that allow you to kind of ch- change the gameplay. Like there's a surfer version of it. Yeah, it says on the back of the box. I hate when companies do this. On the back of the box, it says it includes five expansions. If they're in the box, if they come with the game, they're not expansions. They're modules. Like the the exception here is if it's a collection like the Galaxy Trucker big box comes with the expansions or Queen has done this in the past. They've, they've put out like the Alhambra big box that comes with all the expansions of Alhambra. That's fine. But if you make a product and it's new to the market and you include expansions in it, in the very first version of it, those are not expansions. It's possible that maybe, um, in the European, that's entirely possible, but Queen is not the only company that does stuff like this. That's true. That's there true. are the companies that are like, hey, it comes with three expansions. Oh, really? Where the, oh, tell me about the expansions. Well, we made the game and put them in there with it. Well, then those are variants or... Variants is a really good... Or modules yeah. or something. It's, they're not expansions, guys. But but yeah, there are there are variants of um, the game in, in this one. And one of them apparently is like a surf version. So instead of trying to avoid the water, you actually want to end up in the water. So um, I think... I feel like this game is going to have a lot of layers of replay, replayability in it. So I'm super excited to play it. Yeah, and I cool. think I think that Kat is going to really enjoy it because I think she's going to think the meeples and the flip flops. Yeah, are she probably will. You're probably cute. right. You're probably right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm excited to show it to her too. Yeah, cool. So yeah, Origins has been a lot of fun. Even though I don't, even though a lot of these the big conventions, I, I work as an exhibitor. I still really get to. I I enjoy getting around and seeing, um, you know, a lot of what's going on and getting around and. And uh, talking to other exhibitors, and we've seen a lot of cool stuff this week. Yeah, and I, and I just like to spend my time walking around in circles and 
taking pictures of stuff and getting video. And I, I've got some interviews. Buying uh, games. Yeah, buying games. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got some interviews. Um, we will try to get those posted soon. One of them will be coming out. It, it By the time this episode is up, it may already be done, depending on um, if I feel like sleeping when we drive back or not. Um, but yeah, just check out our YouTube channel, and hopefully we'll have some more continuous content instead of just doing a bunch of stuff and then not doing anything for a long time. Ooh. Because I know how YouTube algorithm works and you don't get anything from doing a bunch of videos all at once and then not doing anything anymore for a long time. YouTube fail. Mm. So um, moving on from um, Origins. Although not exactly. Well, not really because we'll we'll circle around. We'll circle circle the wagons. Um, So actually we'll kind of circle around even with this very first. Um, So what's interesting, Jared, on Kickstarter? right now so the first one that i want to talk about is called gruff and i swear we've talked about this before john d tells me no but i don't have time to go back through and look at everything we've ever talked about on these podcasts so uh, gruff is imagine if you will it's the year hold on let me see what year this was this came out it's the year it doesn't matter what year it was jared it's the year 2014, probably, because this says... It really doesn't matter. Okay. Just... Imagine, if you will, it's the year 2015. The world has changed. Billy goats have been weaponized. Um, Think about this. Yeah. So, scary, but somehow still really cute. Uh, Mutated goats. He's not kidding. Like, you want to hug them, even (laughs) though it looks like they're going to eat you. And they will. Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So the story here of this game, uh, it's called Gruff, the tactical card game of mutated monsters. Um, they, uh, oh, mutated monster goats, sorry. They have their third set on Kickstarter right now. Uh, it's fully compatible with the previous sets, but also is a standalone product. So if you do not have the previous products, you can, not only can you pick up the previous products in this Kickstarter as one of the pledge levels and also as add-ons, but... If you don't want that, you can just get the new set. You can see how you like it and then pick up the other ones later. Uh, it's it's kind of like it, it's kind of like Magic the Gathering, but with goats. And not a CCG. <laughs> yeah, it's not a CCG. It's a complete product. Everything that you'll ever need is in the box. I really like this. When, when the guy was demoing it to me, he was like, hey, have you heard about this game? And I was like, actually, I was going to back this on Kickstarter, but I didn't for some reason. And he was like, oh, good news. It's on Kickstarter again. We've got a new set available, and everything that you missed is also going to be available. So I demoed it, and I loved it. It's really funny. The artwork is real gross. (laughs) But it's cute at (laughs) the same time. It's very cute. I don't know how how to describe. I don't know how... I can say that it's cute and gross at the same time, but well, it is. We'll put a link to the uh, campaign at the, in the details, but I, the, the, the gameplay mechanism here is your, your shepherds, your goats have been mutated to fight trolls. Um, but you know, I'll, well, I'll leave you to read the lore. Yes. Yes. I'll leave you to read the lore. But, you're a shepherd and your goats have been weaponized. You know, you're walking through 
the lands, you come to a bridge, you want to cross the bridge. Well, lo and behold, there's another shepherd on the other side of the bridge who wants to cross the bridge. He's going to send his goat to fight you, knock you off. What are you going to do? Send your goat. So it's a goat v. goat battle. Except for apparently this version. <laughs> yes, the, the new the new one that's coming out has co-op. Uh, the, the trolls return. Uh, the goats were weaponized originally to fight the trolls, as it was explained to me. So in this one, the trolls are returning and you can do co-op. Now, the way that I think that I would liken this to another game. Um, so it is, it, it is not exactly like Magic the Gathering, but if you're a retired Magic player, if you no longer want to deal with the chase, I think you'd really dig this game. The new content is more similar to Commander or um, Arch Enemy. Uh, two-headed. No, two-headed. two-headed giant. Not two-headed giant. No, no, no. This, I, I believe it is Arch Enemy, though. This particular version has a competitive. It's still a competitive game, but it also has a single-player version of it, so you can actually play solo. And then it's got this co-op version. So I feel like it's going to give you a lot of different feel in the same game and i gotta tell you the packaging is just yeah it's really cool cool. it's really cool and and, um so the third expansion here is called gruff rage of the trolls because the trolls are real mad and they're returning the tagline is rage of the trolls is a tactical card game where players join forces using teams of monster goats to challenge troll boss fights so it is kind of you know, if, if you've played Magic and you don't want to play Magic anymore, but you want to play a game that's kind of like Magic, but with mutated goats, you should check this one out because that's exactly what it is. And let me tell you this game, um, for those of you that might be listening in not the United States, uh, this is a EU-friendly Kickstarter. Um, this is a shipped from Germany or shipped from the UK. Oh, whoa. No, it's even more than that. Look at shipped this. Shipped from Australia. Shipped from America. Shipped, shipped from, from Canada, Canada. Shipped from Germany. Shipped from the UK. Shipped from Australia. I, I think I think you're pretty well covered pretty much anywhere in the globe except maybe South America. South America is really hard. And with, I guess so. Africa also. So. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Check yeah. it out. It And, and, and watch for a... Um, yeah, video. I'm gonna I'm gonna be doing a review video about it, uh, and uh, we got an interview. The review is still gonna be a few weeks away. It'll be yes, after the Kickstarter, yes, yes. but, but we the, definitely will have uh, the the interview yes. video will be up. Hopefully, it, it may be up now. Yeah, it may it. be Show up as you're listening. Um, if it's if it's up now, there will be a link in the in in the description. Yes, yes, and if not, um, maybe look for it soon. Maybe tomorrow or the next day. Hopefully. So uh, we also, Jared is also interested in Groves. Yes. By Dan Letzring. And um, Groves is a, uh, is like a, a world building. It's a Grove Yeah, they call building. it a strategy game that combines worker placement with bag building. Well, that sounds real interesting. So it would be like a, a, like deck building, except instead of cards, you have tokens that you put in a bag and then pull them out. I mean, out it looks like it's got some resource production. In yeah, it. there's some resource management. There's some some hexes. Um, there's it looks like there's a lot going on here. You build a portal and 
send spirits to your neighbor's groves. The art is beautiful. The, there is one thing that uh, that I think we're a little confused about, though. There is. Um, and it's honestly something that's got me a little worried about the game. It's So it advertises itself as a one to four player game, which is fine, you know. But, and it says that in four different places. <laughs> but there's a... One of the stretch goals is a two-player variant. So why does a game that very clearly in many places boasts itself as a one-to-four-player game, why does it need a two-player variant? Is It yeah. I, It makes me worry is that... Is it an alternate way to play as two players? Or is this a game that isn't really a one- or two-player game that they're forcing one or two player gameplay into. I mean, we could, we could find that. We could find that out. Um, the print and play is available on the Kickstarter. So if you're, if you are also confused by that, you can check it out. There's a, a link. It's an image link that says download the rule book, but I click it and nothing happens. It's not actually a link, but the print and play version link does seem to go to a Dropbox page that does seem to work. So um, check it out. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at the print and play image right now. It's there. I have to sign into Dropbox to actually download it, though. I'm not going to do that right now because we're on this hotel Wi-Fi. But yeah, and you can also try it on Tabletopia, the a digital tabletop gaming platform, if you want to try it out. It's got, uh, it, it's got, it's got a little bit of time left. Uh, Gruff has less time. Um, you might want to check that one out sooner. Might have about a week left by the time this episode goes live. Just, just saying. So if you're into waiting until the last minute, both of these Kickstarters will be ending mm, soon-ish. Groves has a little bit longer, though. Yeah, so check both of those check out. Check them out. And, um, we'll have links down below in the episode notes and details and comments and whatnot, depending on the platform you're viewing this on. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I know not too long ago, mm-hmm. I promised. Uh-huh. Yep. Not, not, not going to lie. Kind of disappointed, but oh. y- your reasoning for this is absolutely understandable and I support your decision. Okay. So I did say that I, I would always have a recipe from yes. now on. Yes, you did. So I guess I'm breaking my promise. Uh-huh. But I'm doing it because since we're doing this show from Columbus and we just enjoyed a lot of really great food here in the downtown area of Columbus, Ohio, I thought instead of a instead of a recipe, we would talk about just a couple of places that we enjoy eating in the downtown area of Columbus. Uh, and also a restaurant that is coming soon. That I wish was open right now. Yeah. Because I would be like, all right, John D., look, I know it's late and they're probably closed, <laughs> but we should go there. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll start with uh, coming soon. Right across the street from the Greater Columbus Con- Convention Center is Fuzzies. Yeah. There used to be a sushi restaurant there, and I think it's going to be where that was. If not exactly there, then right next to that pretty much just you walk out one of the doors and it's there. And if you've never had Fuzzy's tacos before, um, they're good. When Jared saw the sign, he told me to shut up. Yeah. She was trying to tell me some dumb story that wasn't important. It wasn't related to tacos. And I was like, Johnny, shut up. Look, <laughs> look at that sign. It says fuzzies coming soon. 
He did. Um, I, I honestly don't remember what the conversation was, but I, I know either. that it wasn't about it wasn't about tacos. it wasn't about fuzzies tacos, <laughs> which um, we ate at the fuzzies when we were at uh, Geekway, mm-hmm. and it was yeah that was really the first good. time you'd ever had it, right? It was, it was, and I enjoyed it. So uh, the price was good, the food was good, I enjoyed it. So I believe that next year when we're at Origins, we will definitely be eating at fuzzies. Yes, we one hundred percent will be. So. Um, Next time you're in Columbus or if you come to Origins 2018, look for Fuzzies on High Street, across the street from the Greater Columbus Convention Center. Yes. Um, also across the street from the Greater Columbus Convention Center is Barley's. Um, it's a, it's Barley's, a brew pub. It's a brew pub. And we went there twice, actually. Well, I went there three times. <laughs> Jared went there three times. So it's a really, really cool place to go. Their food is pretty good. Yeah. It's not super expensive either. No. I mean, like, it's a it's little mid-range. bit pricey, yeah. It's like mid-range It's like $2 price. signs on Yelp. Yeah. Um, the food's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's, like, the best b- food I've ever had or anything. No. But it was good. It, it was good enough that we went twice. Three times. But well, three well, times the, 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 One of the times I just had a beer and some pretzels. So I don't know if that counts as I went there and ate food. I mean, technically, yes, I did eat a food. But... Right. You know, use your own judgment there. But um, the I mean, I had I had macro this their macaroni and cheese one night, and it was real good. And the other night, the the other time we went, I had like a uh, like a bratwurst burger that had like hash brown and egg on it, and it was real different, but it was good. We also uh, ate at Dirty Frank's, which oh, if Dirty you Franks. are in Columbus or have ever been to Columbus hopefully you are familiar with them. Uh, I don't eat hot dogs, but I still found some delicious food there as, as I always do. Dirty Frank's is so good. Johnny got some hot dogs. I did. And it's so good. And it's, and it's so cheap. Like the most expensive hot dog they have is like six bucks. That's uh, almost what it costs to get one from Sonic. Probably. I don't know. I don't eat hot dogs. Uh, and of course we can't talk about anything that happens in the Columbus convention center without mentioning North market. Oh my God. North market is just, it's like if a bunch of food trucks, no, hold on. I got this. I got this. If a bunch of food trucks pulled into a parking lot, they all broke down and they built building around it. If they just were like, Oh, yeah. we've got all these food trucks parked in this parking lot. What can we do? We could build a warehouse around them. Yeah. Ta-da. And it's and so they've got like these really great bakeries. Um, there's a there's, deli. There's um. There's a fantastic ice cream place called a Jenny's. Um, there's a place that makes these giant donuts. Yeah, yeah. There's a waffle place. There's a, this really good Polish food place. There's an Indian place. I mean, there's so much. There's just a lot of different places. All really great. Uh, good coffee place in there. Um, I mean. You, you pretty much should never, ever, ever visit Columbus, especially downtown Columbus, and not go to North Market. Well, I don't know if I'd go that far, but that's fine. Um, I want to talk about. Let's talk about one more thing here before we get into the uh, the important part. Well, the whole episode's the important part, but the talk about that, and then and then we'll talk about those. Oh, so just punch. Hold on, hold on. I just punched the audio board. Hang on. I might have created a technical difficulty. I did not create a technical difficulty. Please continue. Jesus. Okay. So um, another really important part of Origins is the 
the authors alley. I, I don't know what they, they call it. Yeah. But it's really it, really important. They they put a, a really nice showcase on authors. So anyway, um, we there's there was an author there that um, Stephanie Drummonds and Daniel Myers that do like nerdy like gaming versions of of recipes yeah i flipped through one of those on thursday so we've got my friend max picked up two of the cookbooks and we've got them right now there's a dwarven cookbook and uh garden and table the the journal of harold bumbleber so um we'll check with the authors and if we can get some permission, we'll share some recipes from yeah. these in the future. Yeah. Cause there's some really cool. funny stuff in there. Some yeah. really cool recipes. Yeah. So yeah, um, they're really cool. All right. All right. We're done. We're done messing around. Here's the part everybody's been waiting for. Um, Hey, I just want to take a moment to talk to you guys about how it's so super important to us that you follow us on social media and give us stars on iTunes. And also, uh, you good. sound like a five-year-old. Yeah. Look, here's the deal, right? You know, we're trying to grow. We're trying to get our listenership up. And the best way you guys can help us out with that is just tell all your friends. Um, like us on Facebook, social medias, like Twitter. Smash that subscribe button. Yeah, smash that subscribe button. Anyway, without further ado, I present to you your Origins Award winners. So if you follow us on Twitter, you already know the winners. You already know. Because we live we, tweeted we, them. Yeah, we already tweeted it. But if you don't, and I mean, if you don't follow us on Twitter, you should. Yeah, you should. Yeah, definitely should. You should. Yeah. Darn right you should. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we're going to start with the role-playing games. Uh, so the role-playing games hat was a really, there were a lot of nominees there, but, uh, and, and it was a really heavy category. Yeah. We had things like. Uh, several Wizards of the Coast things like Dungeons and Dragons, um, Shadowrun, um, Star is not, Wars. Not a D and D product or a Wizards product, but um, yeah. I, I said lots of. Uh-huh. It's I, fine. I'm it's just, fine. I was listing things. <laughs> I was really surprised by this one in a good way, and in fact, I think everybody in in that ballroom was really really surprised in a good way because when they made this announcement, everyone was like. What? Oh my God! And there was just cheering and clapping. It, it was, was amazing. amazing. So, and we've talked about this game before. Yes. On yes. the show. So, um, there's a there's a, there's a game, a role playing game called No Thank You Evil that is designed to make role playing accessible to a family or to children in particular. Yeah, you have a magic backpack that's your companion and also your inventory. So think. Like Pokemon or Digimon, but combined with the backpack from Dora. I was just thinking that Dora, <laughs> like Dora's backpack. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So no, thank you, evil by Monty Cook Games. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. So congratulations, Monty Cook Games. They didn't win fan favorite, but they did win. They did win for um, the the actual award. Who so, won the fan favorite on the that fan one? favorite was the Star Wars: The Force Awakens beginner game oh, okay. um, from Fantasy cool. Flight. Cool. So, um, so family games, a uh, little smaller category, but also, but also some very strong contenders. Yes, I, I, everyone was really excited about this one too. Yeah, totally, totally excited. I mean, this there were strong contenders like Speechless, Karuba, uh, Garbage Day, uh, Cartoon Network, Crossover Crisis, but North Star Games. 
Uh, Happy I'm doing, salmon. I'm doing, I'm doing a thing. You can't you can't tell what I'm doing because it's we'll audio. post a video. Yeah. We'll post a quick little video on Instagram. Uh, Happy salmon won both the fan favorite and the actual award from North Star Games. And uh, Happy Salmon is a game where you just kind of you draw cards and you have to yell at everybody to try to find the matching card. Yeah. So and you might have high five and you're like high five, high five, high five, high five, and you have all the people around the table. Your goal is to go out. So the way that you go out is by matching with someone else. So if I have a high five card, I'm like, high five. I need somebody with a high five card. High five, high five. If you high five me, we both get to discard our card. So there's high fives. There's fifth bumps. There's like switching places. There's happy salmon where you just kind of clap each other's arms. It's a phenomenal game. I don't know what to categorize it as. It's not dexterity. It's party-ish. It's stuff. I don't know, but it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I learned about it. Uh, I want to say I, I, the very first time I saw it was at Geekway last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had to have been last year. It had to have been last year because it's the 2016 award. Oh, my God, you guys. If you haven't played this game or don't know anything about it, check it out. Um, it's go, not an expensive game. Go to YouTube and watch a video and of people playing great. it. Oh, it's so cute. It comes like in a little neoprene bag that looks like a fish. If you saw this on the shelf, you you would pass it up. You honestly would pass it up. Go watch a video of people playing this game, and you will want to own it. I guarantee you. And that's why they won. That's why they won the award. I mean, that's not maybe why, but... It's a big part of it, though. That's why they won. <laughs> so, game accessories. Um, I don't know a lot about... Let's not talk about that, that one, because we'll just... <laughs> I can't. Okay, well, you already broke it. So we've talked about this before. Improved D total. We we didn't know what it was. We had no idea what what it was. We now we know what it is. I just don't understand how it works. It's it's a single. I I think it's a twenty sided. Maybe a twenty four sided. It's a single die. It's a single die that is supposed to replace all of the dice in your dice bag. I don't understand it. It has like a bunch of numbers on each side, and I I don't get it. Well. And it's it's know. it's an improved D. Oh, that's not the that's not the winner though. We were just talking oh, about yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it didn't win. Uh, Actually, the, bl- the Blood Rage organizer from, from Broken, from Broken Token, Token was the winner. So, yeah, congrats. So congratulations. Yes, yes. Congrats to Broken Token. So um collectible games. This was, one was a, such a yes, surprise for yes, me. Yes, it totally was. So this one had things like Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, it had Magic the Gathering, it had Hero Clicks. I totally expected either Magic the Gathering, Kaladesh Booster. Or the new, well, at the time, new Hero Clicks Uncanny X Men booster. Yeah, I was like, it's going to be clicks or it's going to be magic. I mean, it, that's just what it's going to be. Right, right. But actually, it was Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon won. So what happened, I guess, was uh, there was a little game. Uh, I guess maybe not many people have heard of it. Uh, Pokemon Go. Pokemon Go came out last year, and that caused a surge in popularity with Pokemon. I would say back to the levels of like 1997, 1998 when the game was just really getting fresh. So the steam siege boosters came out a month after Pokemon go launched. And I really, really think they must've sold a lot of them because now the, the origins awards are not based on how many you sell or anything like that. It's based on a lot of things, but Man, Pokemon Go really, really energized the community. It really got people interested in the card game again. And I don't want to say that Pokemon Go is the reason they won that award, because it's not. But I think it's a large part of bringing Pokemon back into popularity. You know, a lot of people are just like, oh, I cared about Pokemon when I was younger, but I don't care about Pokemon anymore. And now I'm, I'm a grown up. 
So congratulations, guys. Congratulations, Pokemon Company, who will almost certainly never listen to this podcast. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) So congratulations, any Pokemon fans. Yes, yes. That maybe (laughs) could be listening. So uh, Miniatures Games wasn't as much of a surprise, um, but Warhammer 40K. So congratulations, Games Workshop. Good job, Games Workshop. Keep doing what you're doing. Definitely. So traditional card games was another, um, there were some pretty big contenders there, including Lotus that I had not played before. Played it this weekend, now own a copy. Got got, got your copy. Um, Enjoyed it greatly. Um, Also Kadama, which I think the art in that game is just... Yeah, it's really, really cool. So cool. But uh, the winner... Was Mystic Veil yes. from AEG. Yes. So congratulations, Alderac Entertainment yes. Group. Um, Mystic Veil is a really cool game that has yeah. the clear cards. It's sort of like a deck builder, but sort you have of. to build the cards first. It, yeah. And it's got the clear cards. I The clear card thing is just so cool. Love the clear cards. Yeah, it's cards. really neat. It's, so, it, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure if you've played it like a thousand times if it holds up, but I've only played it twice so far and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So congratulations to AEG. Yeah. Um, and it also won the fan favorite. Yes. So. Yes. All right. Are you ready to get to the part that everybody's just like, uh, shut up and get to the good part, guys. We don't care about improved D total or whatever the heck no thank you evil is. And I don't even know what a Pokemans are. Right, right, right. So the the board game category. So All of these games, let me just say right now, if you did nothing but own these 10 games that were nominated, you would have a heck of a collection. Every single one of these games. Every every one of these games, when they announced these, I was like, oh my gosh. Like maybe one or two I could be like, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that one doesn't win. But man, all of these. I wouldn't have been surprised for any of these to win. Yes, yes, exactly. I, I, uh, you know, I fully that expected. I was super happy and a little, maybe a little bit surprised for the win, but ha- yeah. like a good surprise. Yeah, I was a very good surprise. But these are all solid games. Yes, yes. Um, let me just run through the list really quickly here. They still didn't fix this, man. Gamma, yeah. Um, Blood Rage, Clank, Cry Havoc, Feast for Odin, Islebound, Mansions of Madness, Scythe, Star Wars Rebellion, Terraforming Mars, and World's Fair 1893. All of these are phenomenal games, so, and they're all deserving of the nomination. They are. But listening to that, if I had to make a short list on who I thought would win, yeah, um, my short list would have been Blood Rage, mm-hmm. Clank, Scythe, or Terraforming Mars. My short list was Clank, Scythe, and Terraforming Mars. Right. And honestly, Scythe was probably fourth on my list on who I thought would win. I was pretty sure it would be Terraforming Mars just because of the buzz. But man, I when they when they announced that So Scythe. Uh, so excited. I was so excited. Scythe by Stonemeyer Games won. Um, they won as the fan favorite and the category winner. Yes. Yes, so, and our, our friends from St. Louis were there. From BoardGameTables.com. They, they were there the representing award. for Jamie because yeah. um, they're in Jamie's to, game group. Yeah, he was, and he was unable to be there. So yes, yes. they accepted the award for him. And um, I'm just, you know, some people might think that Stonemeyer Games might be a bigger company, but it's not. It's a tiny little company. Yeah. And um, Congratulations, Jamie. The, yeah. Scythe is a phenomenal game. It won Board Game of the Year. 
it won. Uh, well, okay. Um, he just dropped won. that one. Uh, no, no, it won. It won the fan favorite for the board game category, and it did win the board game of the year. Yes, as it, he it just did. Dropped. It did win game of the year. So um, I wasn't trying to say that. I was trying to say like collectible game of the year, miniatures game of the year, um, game accessory of the year. But yes, yes, it uh, did. It won board game of the year. Yes, it won and game of the year. It, it's it was, deserved. Oh my I gosh! Mean, and I think it's. I love all the big publishers. I do. They make great solid games, but. Sometimes it's just really awesome to see one of the little guys get, you know, this kind of recognition. Recognition. So, um, but like I said, all of these games, all of the nominees are just super solid games. Yeah, I mean, Jamie, congratulations. Uh, you know, good job. <laughs> you made a great game. But so did everybody else. Yes, yes. The other games are also great, but there can, I mean, there can only be one game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That's so true. Check us out on YouTube. Over the next few weeks, we're going to have lots of fantastic, fun content straight from Origins. Uh, and hopefully we'll continue to have video content. We're going to work really hard at that. That's Unfortunately, the reality here is video content is a lot more work to do. But We're going to try. We're going to try real hard. We're going to try real hard. But definitely follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Eventually, we're going to have some Twitch stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. So just keep an eye out for us. And uh, our next yep. event is coming up at Comic Quest in Evansville on July 22nd. And then on the following weekend, on July 29th, we'll be at C4 um, in Robinson, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And then a few weeks after that, we'll be at Gen Con in Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. So and then a little bit after that, we'll have some other stuff. We have our convention schedule on the website if you're interested. We do. And you want to check out any of Um, All right, Jondi. That's 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 pretty much all I got. Me too. So, and um, uh, I'm going to go to sleep. Yeah, so let's get some sleep. So until next time. Oh, you can eat, eat shit, shit and, and dice. Bye bye. Eat Chit and Dice is a production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international.